and welcome to detention, where we can all agree that Alabama sucks and can eat shit. Are we talking about the state or the football program? Uh, both. Okay. Both. Or answer, yes. Got it. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Cody, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I'm going to get a new pet here soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm decided to get a pet termite. Why? Uh, just because. I think they're cool. I can put him in his own terrarium, but that's besides the point. Okay. Okay. I'm going to name him Clint. Clint eats wood. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Right when you say Clint, I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> right before you said it, I knew. Eats wood. Yep. I like it. Uh, good. I'm not going to get a termite, by the way. They destroy your home. No shit. Yeah, and I don't want that. I just bought this. You should uh, You should get a reptile. No. Why not? Joe is an only child. And oh. he will remain an only child. Okay, well, when that time comes, get a reptile. Nope. Nope. Okay. Not doing reptile. Loser. I prefer to actually have fun with my animals. Hey, some reptiles are pretty fun. <laughs> some, I'm sure. Anyway, getting off topic here. Sports talk. There's a lot of different sports stuff that we're going to talk about this week, so I apologize to nearly every one of our listeners who does not like sports, but... Unfortunately, there's a lot of shit that's happening. Yeah. Uh, Mainly with the expansion of the college football playoff, which I think back in this past summer, we definitely talked about how it needed to happen. Well, we talked about how it was in the works, too, because there was a article that came out or ESPN said that they were talking expansion. Yeah. So this is officially confirmed where the members of the college football playoff board of managers agreed to begin the newly expanded 12 team playoff during the 2024 25 season. So it's still a few years away one, one full season and then that next season it'll be implemented. But you know, for how long that it's been just four teams, it's been 2014. Since It'll be 2014. the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, definitely needed, like we had mentioned in previous episodes. The first round of the playoff in 2024 will take place the week uh, ending Saturday, December 21st, at either the home field or the higher-seeded team of uh, another site designated by the higher-seeded institution. So they haven't quite ironed out those rules yet. They still have time, obviously, to work on that. I think it should go to a home field advantage. Yeah, it gives something to play for. Gives you something to play for. Um, also, just gives the fan bases an opportunity to go to an extra game. Uh, universities can make more money that way, too, just with media rights and then um, having, obviously, more people in the stands, buying food, buying alcohol, buying tickets, all of that. Um, obviously, that's a huge money motivator just to be at home and play. Where if it was going to be higher-seeded institutions, you would have the number 12 at the number 5, the number 11 at the number 6, the number 10 at the number 7, and the number 9 at number 8. Similar seating to what they do for March Madness, just obviously not in pods across the country, just at whatever stadiums that they would be. For the 2024-25 seasons, the four quarterfinal games and two playoff semifinal games will be played in bowls on a rotating basis, similar to how they do it now, where the two semifinal games are rotated bowls in and out, and then there's the actual college football playoff 
game uh, for the actual championship. So I'm excited for it. Uh, with this expansion, Iowa would have made it at least one year since the college football playoff started, which is kind of nice. And we would have been a higher seeded team at that time too. So another home field advantage. Who knows? Michigan State comes. Well, they were ranked fifth. So I wonder how that – well, that's an interesting seeding. If I was ranked fourth at that time and they were ranked fifth, I wonder how that would have worked out if we would have played a completely different team. That would have been a lot easier. Shit. <laughs> Man, this should would have been nice like six years ago. Yeah. But that's some big news. Other big news in college football, Deion Sanders, the former defensive back in the NFL – and head coach for James Morrison. Isn't it James Morrison? Jackson State. Jackson State. Jackson State uh, is now going to be the head coach for Colorado. He agreed to a five-year, $29.5 million deal. FYI, it's also James Madison, James, James Morrison. Mar- I'm pretty sure. Was a guitarist? Well, Jim yeah. Morrison. Yeah. Jim, Jim Morrison. So I'm thinking a whole bunch of different Morrisons. Combining shit. Yeah. Like usual. So he will be making an average of $5.9 million a year and making $5.5 million in his first year with raises of $200,000 every year after that. It's pretty hefty. Um, if he were to leave early, he would actually owe Colorado $15 million his first year, $10 million his second year, $8 million his third, and then five if he were to leave after that at any point. And if they were to terminate him at any point, they would have to pay him 75% of his remaining contract, whatever that would be. So Coach Prime, still getting paid. I do want to talk to you about uh, him getting this job. And there was two different videos that I saw that surfaced. One is addressing his uh, Jackson State team. Telling them, hey, I've decided to go elsewhere. I'll be with you throughout the remainder of the season, playing in our bowl game, all that. I want to see this to the end. So at least treating those players with at least some type of formality and being cordial with them. Well, as you should, being a coach. Yeah. However, on the flip side, he has flown to the training center in Colorado to meet with his new team, and he had a completely different tone where he was very much uh, degrading to them, told them that you are basically not up to my expectations, and that has been proven in the several years that you guys have not been performing very well. To be fair, he's right. He is right. They have been dog shit for a long time. But the fact that he's, like, ripping these guys for that, it's, like, not really on them 100%, though it is on their skill level. You also have to be coached up or whatever to be the best you are. And if... They don't have the right coaches. That's not really on them. As we know. So what do you think of that? Him ripping on the new players and, and flat out telling them, like, hey, since you're not even up to my expectations, if you don't like it, get in the portal. It opens on Monday. I, I see. Okay. This is the thing that a lot of coaches or just people don't understand people who are trying to motivate people as everyone motivates differently. There are some yeah. people who do get motivated by getting yelled at and being demeaned because they want to prove that person wrong. Mm-hmm. I would say a good chunk of athletes are like that. I feel like Deion Sanders is one of those people because he's using that mentality. 
but especially younger generations and like even our generation to an extent don't react to that. Oh no. Like me would not react to that. I'd be like, fuck you. You're not going to come in somewhere. I don't care if you're, and maybe this is just like how I am personally. I, people say I have a problem with authority. I don't have a problem with authority. I have a problem with respect. And if you come into my university and on my team that I've been playing on, just because you got hired and are going to talk to me like that, you can kiss my ass. That that would be my mentality. And I'm sure he said that as a way of proving worth. If you stay, you took my heat, and you're willing to prove yourself. If I if you got a, a felt angered by what I said, all right, then you're not up to it. Fuck you and get out. And, and I get that. I can I can see that. Right. But also, be that's a little, just not the that's not the right yeah. mentality. Like that's yeah. not how you start a relationship with these people that you're supposed to be coaching and making better, and then having a connection with. Like you're supposed to inspire these kids. You literally just tore them down. Yeah, he could have handled it with a little bit more tact. Right, for sure. I can understand that. Like your first team practice, not the first time you meet somebody. You don't do that. I don't care who you are. You just don't. I've seen a report because the transfer portal opened today, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit here but apparently within the 12 hours that it's been open they've already had several dozens and dozens of players contact colorado who are four or five star players of like would coach be interested in having us huh so again his personality is a draw for a lot of people i mean he took one of the highest rated like defensive back recruits or whatever in the country to go to jackson state for him a few years back i remember that and that was a huge thing because he was being eyed by like LSU, yeah. uh, Alabama, all the big blue blood schools. And he says, no, I want to go play for Deion Sanders. And it's like, holy shit. Why would you want to do that at such a small school? So I get that he has the pull. However, I guess the methods of what he's doing to kind of clean house, I guess, is not, I guess, how I would do yeah. it. But then again, we're also not professional coaches or have the ego of Deion Sanders. True. So other football news, Baker Mayfield has officially been released from the Carolina Panthers. So after five months of the Panthers trading to get him, they are now releasing him in that time. uh, Baker Mayfield went one in five as a starter and it was on target for a career lows in every major statistical category, including uh, the lowest in the league for QBR this year at, at 16.8. The Panthers, who are now 4-8, and eight, are set to go with Sam Darnold and P.J. Welker as their top quarterbacks for the rest of the season. I have heard reports and seen it suggested that because Jimmy Garoppolo got injured yesterday during their game with the Miami Dolphins and... Um, Trey Lance. Uh, not Trey Lance. Lamar Jackson got injured with the Ravens, where Garoppolo is going to be out for the rest of the season with a broken foot. Surprise, surprise, he got injured again. And Lamar Jackson, having a left knee injury and will be out for several weeks, that those two teams may be eyeing Baker as a potential replacement in the meantime. I don't know how beneficial that will be or not. Uh, I don't know if Baker Mefield is really in that type of mindset right now. I mean, I think he has been so just 
caught off guard and broken because he did everything for Cleveland and was being successful and was proving that they're, he's making them better year to year. And then he gets fucked over. Deshaun Watson comes in, kicks him out, goes to the Panthers and he's just kind of like, fuck it. Who cares? Sad to see. Cause I think he would be a really good starting quarterback for the Browns. If they had him, uh, it's unfortunate. I think, honestly, the better fit between the two, just side tangent, would be the 49ers. I think they're built more for him. I think he would do better there anyway. Uh, their defense definitely gives offense a lot of opportunities. Their offensive line is spectacular. They have a good balance between uh, the uh, run game and passing game. Well, you also, I mean, yes, both teams have a good mix of like QB runs because look at both of their quarterbacks, but... Like San Francisco, I think, has a better mix between designed runs and designed passes, whereas Baltimore is pretty much design run all the time. Yeah, so, Grappolo doesn't really run it, though. True, it's, but they have Trey Lance, so they have place for that. Yeah, just Trey Lance in the injured. future. Right, so yeah. I think he would just be a better fit there. He's played with some of the players, so. Yeah. Iowa Sports News. This is where we're going to get into a, a, another meaty portion of information here. But it's all relatively the same shit. It is. So I'm going to start off with Big Ten honors. So every year the Big Ten nominates uh, different players throughout the league from different teams of different honors, first team, second team, honorable mentions, different awards and stuff like that. Uh, Iowa's defense and special teams had a great showing this year again, obviously. Linebacker Jack Campbell was given the defensive player of the year. Uh, which is the third Iowa player in the last six seasons to get that award. So Iowa defense showing strong. Uh, other first team members are defensive back Riley Moss, uh, defensive back Cooper DeGene, and then punter Tory Taylor. You looking at me as for one of those names? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if one pick gets you on first team, but... Do you know why he's on first team? No one, he shut everybody down. No one threw to him because he shut everyone down. I just don't think they just didn't throw to him. Because he shut him down. I don't think he shut him down that much. I he think shut they him just. Down. Anyway, second team defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness, defensive line Joe Evans, linebacker Seth Benson, kicker Drew Stevens, and then honorable mention defensive lineman Logan Lee, Noah Shannon, and then defensive back Kavion Merriweather. Also, he got, got snubbed again. You think the reason? All right. So the reason why Riley was first team is yeah. the same reason why Kayvon should have been on one of the three, because Kayvon was always in the right spot. He hit hard. He was a ball hawk. I mean, yes, he didn't pick off a lot, but the dude was always in the right spot. And then there's very few times that he ever got burned. But he got injured and he was out for a decent part of the season. So he got an honorable mention as opposed to being. Oh, well, he wasn't. Merriweather? He was in and out of injury. No, he wasn't. When? What do you mean, when? When? Every game that I watched, he was in. He was injured for like four or five games this year. No, he wasn't. I swear that he was. All right, whatever. We'll have to agree to disagree until I can figure it Cause out. Because there was a time where both Merriweather and Terry Roberts were out for multiple games. Merriweather's not being as severe of an injury because... Terry Roberts was basically season ending, ending, but they were both out mm. at points throughout the season. And then for offense, the only offense that got accolades was Sam Laporta. He got the 
Kalowak Clark tight end of the year. Weird. Weird. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird. He was obviously the only offense that had reception yards, to be honest. There were other tight ends in the league that statistically had more yards or more touchdowns. He only had one touchdown for the entire season. He had more of an impact. True. I mean, if you compare of like all team wide receivers, tight ends who had more of an impact as a unit, Sam Laporta had a bigger impact at tight end. But those are the big accolades for the Iowa Hawkeyes. This is where we go into different portal news, like I had mentioned earlier. So Alex Padilla, the backup quarterback, Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, and Gavin Williams have all officially entered the transfer portal today. And there's a possibility, and I was talking with you this off mic, Justin Jacobs might as well. Now, that last one is just a complete rumor. No idea if that's true or not, but that's just what I heard. Any thoughts on those? Yeah, I think it's dumb, especially if Justin Jacobs is actually going to leave. Considering it. Dumb. Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce are our two best receivers. And I think Arlen Bruce was more just upset with how he was utilized, which again... How he was uh, utilized? Not much in the passing game, and in special teams, he still wasn't really... I mean, he started off the season as being the uh, punt and kick returner, and then they switched it to Caleb Johnson and Cooper DeGene. So even that, he was taken off for uh, special teams. I don't know. I just... Just stick to the team that you said you were going to commit to. That's my biggest problem. Uh, do what you got to do. Keegan makes me upset because he never really got a chance to play this year, so I don't know why the fuck you want to leave. Like, if you're going to go with the idea that our offense being as shit as it was is going to be the same thing next year, you're not going to have the same fucking quarterback. True. And do you want to get into that now? Sure. So, Cade McNamara, who was the uh, starting quarterback for the – Michigan Wolverines, who led them to the Big Ten title in 2021, who he beat Iowa, uh, and then took him to the college football playoff and lost, is transferring to Iowa from what I can see. It's not 100% guaranteed, but it's extremely highly likely. And to go back to the why the wide receivers might be leaving, is I've heard that he has been, cons- or McNamara was considering going to Iowa for weeks and was texting and communicating with various wide receivers that he personally knows telling them to also go to Iowa. So I'm sure that uh, Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce had heard that. What and happened to competition in athletics? Like what you don't uh, want to fight for your spot. Stop being a little bitch. You're still like, there's four different spots for wide receivers. You have the backup and plus a slot. Nico regani has gone. Yeah. So there's a slot position there. Cause you're both of those two are better hand and foot better than Naheem Hines and not Naheem Hines. Jesus Christ. That's a professional football player. Yeah. Deontay, uh, vines mm-hmm. and Brody Brecht. Yeah. So one of you is going to be playing in the slot for sure. If a couple other of Cade McNamara's friends are coming, but still fight for your fucking position. Jesus. Other notable transfers that I've heard that are potentially considering Iowa are at the wide receiver, running back, tight end, and offensive line positions. Two of those are rumored to be from Alabama. Wide receiver, wide receiver Trey Sean Holden 
who didn't do too much with them this season. He had almost 400 yards passing and six touchdowns is considering it. And uh, offensive line guard Damian George, who from what I saw as a stat did not allow a sack all of last season. Nice. Is considering transferring to Iowa, which would be a huge boost. He is a, I think, right guard. So if you put Caden Proctor, who's supposedly supposed to be 100% committed to Iowa now, and then have Damian George on one side run right (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) I don't know how else you're going to be on the left side of the line, but that seems to sure up at least the right side for sure. This is where we get into some people that McNamara has been talking to is Michigan tight end Eric All, who played with McNamara and won a Big Ten championship last year, is considering coming to Iowa. With Laporta leaving, because why else would you stay? You're injured. We'll get to if he's going to be playing in the bowl game or not, but he got injured in his uh, second-to-last game at Iowa. I'm sure he's looking at, like, I can't just continue to put my body on the line. I need to go get money. So well, you have Luke Lachey. He's a great tight end. Yeah, so uh, he would work in tandem with Luke Lachey. Or, not Luke, is it? Is it Luke Lachey? Um, where you would have an experienced Big Ten tight end who has ex- a lot of experience running routes, playing in a complicated system like Michigan with a quarterback that he's familiar with, and then having Lachey also as an option. I think that's great. As well as the running back uh, is a four-star Stanford running back Arlen Harris Jr. who took a visit to Iowa this past Saturday. So him in tandem with Caleb Johnson because Gavin Williams said he's transferring. So you'd still have LaShawn Williams. He'd probably be your third guy. Caleb Johnson and then Arlen Harris Jr. Whoever wins first spot gets it. But I think that'd be a great running back room too. Yeah. I don't know if this running back from Stanford had any playing time or what his injury history or anything like that is. But I know that when he was initially going into college, he considered Iowa and Stanford and then went to Stanford. So now he's considering transferring and going to Iowa. Last little bit of sports news and Iowa news. So Iowa is playing in a bowl game, the Music City Bowl against Kentucky again. So last year they played against Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl, this year, they'll be playing them again. However, Kentucky, from what I can see, may not hell have Will Levis, their quarterback, play. He's declaring for the NFL draft, but he's not sure if he'll play in the bowl game. And they for sure are not having two wide receivers play because they're transferring. So, it's a rematch. Petrus is injured. Padilla is transferring, so he can't play. You're going to have Labis or May start as the starting quarterback for this game. I don't know how confident I am with that. But the positive news is that if Will Levis doesn't play, then you have backup Deuce Hogan, who was an Iowa player, who transferred to uh, Kentucky last year, play against his former team. That'd be fun. That would be fun. It would be really weird. We should watch that together. We should. Um, And then Laporta and DeGene are likely both to start in the bowl game, Kirk Ferentz said. They should be healthy enough and ready to play. So Sweet. Yeah, I thought about getting tickets, but I'm like, "Eh, it's New Year's Eve. My girlfriend definitely doesn't want to go because she went to a game and she hated it. I won't be able to watch it with you. I'll be in Chicago. Oh, will you? Yeah. 
Yep, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Oh, well. Maybe next year. Yeah. All right. FIFA news. I was going to do a FIFA update, so I'll do that really, really quick. The round of 16 was solidified and pretty much done at this point. Uh, The people who went through were the Netherlands, the United States, Argentina, Australia, Japan, Croatia, Brazil, Korea, South Korea, England, Senegal, France, Poland, Morocco, Spain, Portugal, and Switzerland. Out of those teams, three of the, well, I guess six of the teams have been solidified for the quarterfinals. You have Netherlands beating the U.S., who are going to play Argentina, who beat Australia. Croatia beat Japan, and Brazil beat Korea, so they'll play against each other. England beat Senegal, and France beat Poland, so England and France will play together. And then tomorrow we have Morocco versus Spain and Portugal versus Switzerland. Eric and I actually split who we think is going to win. I think it's going to be Morocco versus Portugal, and Eric thinks it's going to be Spain versus Switzerland. Yeah. To be fair here, I'm 100% of my guesses right. for this round. So so am I. So this next one def- decides who wins on this. But uh, just me personally, I think that the Netherlands is going to be Argentina. I think Croatia is going to beat Brazil. I believe England is going to be France. And since I think Morocco and Portugal are going to play, I think it's going to be Morocco who will end up playing England. I think Argentina will beat the Netherlands. I think England will beat France. Brazil will beat Croatia. And I think Spain will beat Switzerland. That's what I'm saying. All right. No idea if that's... I mean, I've been guessing this entire time. I've been pretty decent at it. You're doing great. I'm doing real good. News, politics. Yes. So, the highly anticipated and all-awaited runoff for the Georgia Senate seat is happening tomorrow. So, that'll be fun to watch. So, we have Democrat Raphael Warnock versus Republican Herschel Walker to determine the last Senate seat. And if Warnock wins, the Democrats will have 48 seats in the Senate with Republicans having 49. And if Walker wins, the Republicans will have 50 seats and the Democrats having 48, which doesn't really mean... Or 47. No, I was right, 48. Isn't it 49? Because they're already at 48 plus the two independents. Yes. Sorry. So it'd be 49. Yes. So it'd be a 51-49 split. Yes. Okay. Um, but it doesn't really matter because, like you just said, the two independents that we do have do typically vote with Democrats. So even if uh, Herschel Walker wins, what will happen is it'll be a 50-50 tie with Tybrick being Kamal Harris. So. Which is what we've had for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. So it can only be just as good or slightly better. Right. Which is... All we can really hope for. <laughs> Next, a little bit of news. Uh, this is something that I don't know if you've read this story that I put on here. I did not have enough time. So this, a child is going to be charged with adult homicide. Now, how do you think that sounds? Stupid. Okay. Now let's get into the actual story. So a boy has been charged with first degree reckless homicide on November 21st after fairly shooting his mother. His 44-year-old mother, identified as Quiana Mann, was shot in close range. The bullet had entered her right eye and then exited the back of her head through the skull, the criminal compliant said. He admitted, the son, that his mother would not allow him to have something from Amazon that he wanted. So that's why he did it. Have your thoughts changed? No. No? Okay. Just kill him. 
All right. <laughs> he admitted that he retrieved the gun because he was mad at her for waking him up at 6 a.m. when he usually wakes up at 6.30. And he admitted uh, that he was not allowed to buy a specific VR headset off of Amazon from his, that his mom said he couldn't buy. Those things are fucking expensive. Yeah. So what he did is that he got his mom's keys to the gun lockbox the night before uh, and then went downstairs into the basement where she was doing laundry, had a confrontation, and shot her. The boy admitted to knowing that guns are dangerous and that they can kill people. His older sister, I think it said older sister in the article, said that he has rage issues and that his life had, uh, in his life, he has had a bunch of anger and outbursts. The boy told investigators that he had five different imaginary people talk to him while doing this. So in question that he may not have the right sound mind. But there is no official diagnosis on whether or not he has any type of issues, at least from what the article said to this point. A day after the boy shot his mom, uh, he went online and bought the Oculus Reality uh, headset on his dead mother's Amazon account, then was taken to his grandmother's house by his aunt, where he then reportedly said without any empathy or compassion to his grandma... I'm really sorry for what happened. I'm sorry for killing my mom. Apologize for what he did. Then asked, has my Amazon package arrived? <laughs> How so, old was this kid? I think he's 10. I think this kid's fucked up in the head pretty bad. I mean, yeah. Obviously. I mean, he killed someone. I can understand if, like, the kid is born schizophrenic and then this is happened over accumulation of time but let's say if if he doesn't right and he's making up the idea of having the five voices in his head which i i'm not saying is false i'm just saying hypothetically let's say that that's not true Mm -hmm. this stuff does happen where kids fly off the handle because they're not getting their way he's super immature i mean 10 year olds are right my question is what kind of environment do you have with your, well, with your kids living there? And like, what kind of relationship do you have where they get so mad to the point that they resort to violence? Cause I've seen parents parent their ch- children where they get spanked, which in, I got spanked and I didn't like resort to violence for everything. Like I never beat anyone up because I was pissed off. Yeah. But there are people who do that. And I've also seen it where kids are comfortable enough being around their parents where they can scream and yell and have emotion, but in a safe enough environment that they just need to let it off their chest. So what kind of environment do they have set up that this kid is just pissed off enough to shoot his mom? True. I mean, the article did not give any detail about how their relationship was prior. I I would also argue that even if it was in a situation where they're, they don't have the best relationship and it's a little bit strained, this was a severe overreaction or even on the opposite of maybe they had a relatively quote unquote normal relationship. It's just that this kid's fucking nuts and 
has a history of being angry and having rage and throwing tantrums and shit. Right. And whether or not they had seeked help to help him or not with any type of medication or counseling or whatever it may be, the kid flew off the fucking handles over the littlest thing again, just went to the nth degree and got the parents gun and shot him with it. Yeah. So, Again, I don't know what to really make of this. I just saw the title that a 10-year-old boy was going to be charged with first-degree reckless homicide. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that is horrible. I think probably the reason why it went that way is because of his lack of remorse and just care for the package rather than care for the human life that he just sacrificed. Yeah. And he's 10, so who knows if he really even understands. I mean, people mature at different ages. I would hope that at age 10, you at least understand and have an idea of what mortality is. I can't say that same thing for this kid. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Who knows? I, I say that because I knew obviously what it was and I'm assuming you probably knew what it was at that age. A little bit. Yeah. You had a different traumatic experience happen at age 10. I had a different one. Mine was at at seven. Seven. (laughs) So yours was even sooner. So, I mean, I age 10, I had a traumatic experience happen. I'm like, okay, yeah. I understand what death is, right? And it's, it's not like it's gonna change tomorrow. It's it's final right now. And the thing is, is, is I think part of the reason, and I'm not gonna go all cuckoo and crazy like what happened when we were younger, when video games were becoming like hugely popular, yeah. Right? And you had all those people saying, "Well, look at what Call of Duty is doing, right? It's it's destroying our kids." I'm not gonna go that far. But I will say that video games and media do play a role in it because think about Call of Duty, just like using that one for an example, because it was the one that was used all the time when we were kids, is what happens when you die in Call of Duty? You spawn. Right. You respawn. Yeah. You're right back to where you were. Unless it was a A specific game mode. Yes. But most of the time people didn't play that. Mm -hmm. Pretty much any game that you find, except for what now, I guess, um, you have those battle royales where you, you die, you're done, and you start over again. But again, you still start over. Yeah, you still start in a new game. Right. Yeah. All that happens is game's over, time to do a new one. I think a lot of kids just still don't understand that concept because a lot of them haven't had the traumatic experiences that we had growing up, and so they didn't have to face the mortality, and now this kid does. And... I'd rather kids not learn it that way. I, I don't want kids to learn <laughs> mortality any bad way. I want them to yeah. have a safe environment to have it in and just saying, hey, this is what happens. But I think that does play a huge role is just how media portrays it, how games portray it, and just how our society treats it. Is, yeah. It's very commonplace. And I mean, look at mass shootings. Like those are so commonplace nowadays that people don't, especially kids don't understand really what's going on. I didn't, I wasn't pertinent to any, uh, mass shootings when we were kids, but I know they happened all the time. It's just kids don't know. I mean, he does admit, like I said, that he knows what gun, that guns are dangerous and they can kill people. So I guess that does change the perspective of how this is being prosecuted of like, well, one, you know, that guns are dangerous and they can kill people. Two, you're admitting that you have anger issues. Your sister is corroborating, saying that you also have anger issues. You don't seem to have any remorse because you only care about the package that you bought on her stolen card and on her Amazon account. It seems like you are uh, a psychopath. If convicted, he will face a maximum of 70 years in prison. Or, sorry, 60 years in prison. 
which at age six, if you were to get a maximum, I doubt he'll get a maximum of six years, but like he'll probably get 25 or something. But even at that point, a 10 year old, how do you, you stick him in juvie until they're 18 and then you move them. Yeah. But what a way to grow uh, up. I know. And that's what I'm honestly more scared of, of like, if this is how he is now and working in a system that's adjacent to that with, you know, kids that are a little bit older, maybe haven't killed anybody, though I know some of them there were in shootings and potentially had killed people were there on murder charges. 10-year-old getting a 25 life to 25 to life basic sentence like that in a system that's not going to be conducive for their development is only going to make it worse, and then they're going to get out, and they're just going to know nothing but even more hate and repression so that makes it a little bit scarier we live in good times we live in great times yeah <laughs> fantastic times surprise topics yes so i just labeled mine pretty simply according to Joni ernst the democrats don't like the middle class oh okay yeah so the reason this is and this is i think this one is dumb i don't understand her logic here okay um so apparently the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, they decided to move the first in-nation caucus from Iowa to South Carolina. And that just means that they get to nominate first. They're the first ones to go through the electoral process. Yes. Yep, with primaries and caucuses. Iowa has traditionally for the last several decades been first. Yep. But now it's getting moved to what, Carolina? South Carolina. South Carolina. Apparently, this will mark the first time that the caucus has been in a state other than Iowa since 1927. Um, and the RNC, the Republican National Convention, also held its own first in the nation caucus in Iowa since 1976, but they're not changing. Yeah. And the quote that Joni Ernst said is we have a small number of pushes in the past to change this. I'm glad the Republicans are staying in course. I feel the Democrats have really given the middle America the middle finger. Yeah, so she she's pretty much saying that the Democrats hate middle America. It's like, I don't understand how those two things correlate, I just mean, because they're switching it. It's a party decision. Right. It's... Not like it really matters all too much. I mean, the coverage and the different emphasis that's put on the first state does kind of matter, but in all reality, it doesn't have too much of an actual impact of the candidate that will be selected after all the states have gone. That's non-existent. If a popular candidate is popular enough, it doesn't matter if it's the first state or the middles or the last. It will not matter. They will win out generally but yeah i don't get it who who the fuck cares okay so republicans are going to stay with iowa being the first but democrats are shifting it to south carolina doesn't really matter also south carolina yeah they have bigger cities than iowa does but a lot of it is still relatively rural so it's not like they don't care about middle class people because south carolina has a lot of middle class people so i don't understand Middle America may be cool, but it's not like they're moving to like New York or California or right. Washington or whatever that they call the coastal elitist states 
it's a coastal state, but it's not like a hugely predominant one. I don't get the it. The only either. thing that they have is Myrtle Beach, and that's become a dump over the past. I thought Myrtle few Beach decades. was Virginia. No, no, Myrtle Beach is in South Carolina. Oh, I thought it was Virginia. It's not. Trust me, I know. I yeah, it is. Vacation like three hours away from there. I was just thinking it was Virginia. Well, it's not. Oh. Want to hear my surprise topic? No. Oh, fuck you. You're hearing it. <laughs> so mine is called Rat Czar. Nice. Yeah. So New York City Mayor Eric Adams and his administration is listing a new job for a rat czar to tame the infamous rodent problem in New York City. So the posting, which was made last Wednesday, is officially seeking a director of rodent migration. I saw this article. I barely glanced at it, so I didn't read the whole thing. I was just like, this is weird, and I just kept moving on. It's pretty cool, and I almost considered moving to New York. So the main priority is to work to advance the city's efforts in addressing the policy matters in the five boroughs relating to curbing the recent increase of rats during the COVID-19 pandemic. The role, which is expected to have a pay range between $120,000 to $170,000, reports to the Deputy uh, Mayor of Operations. Successful candidates are required to be a New York resident, so you'd have to live there, with a bachelor's degree, at least five years of relevant experience, and have a, quote, swashbuckling attitude, crafty humor, in general aura of badassery. Our official uh, administration policy or recommendations to have for the position, which is pretty fucking weird. Residents of New York City have had increased reports of rodents over the last couple of years. Uh, this year, in the first four months of 2022, there were 74,000 calls of rat sightings, which is an increase of 60% from the same period in 2019. So rats have always been a problem in New York City. That's kind of like the huge, I don't know, joke about New York is that there's a shit ton of rats everywhere. There's more rats than there are people, right, just living in the sewers. So they have now gave a position to where your sole responsibility is to kill rats and get paid a lot of money to do it. It sounds like a lot of money to us because we live here, but you live in New York. It's not that much, probably. I'm sure 120, 170 in New York is still pretty good. I would say it's probably mediocre. I would say that there is probably like 40,000 here, which ain't bad, but it might even be less. I'm not sure. But I know the standard of living there is, or the cost of living is way higher. I mean, it is way higher for sure i mean just a quick google search here i just wanted to see on average what the average pay in new york city is and this cannot be true it says thirty-five thousand dollars, which is roughly what it is here in the midwest don't let pay look at living search average apartment oh hold up rent uh good salary new york city Anything over $54,000 is what I see here. And the average salary in New York City is 64000 almost 65000 So this is still way better. I mean, if you're getting paid $120,000, dollars uh, just to kill rats or have plans to kill rats, 
you're still getting paid about a hundred thousand dollars more than the average New Yorker. Uh, that's pretty cool. You want to move to New York? Become no. residents? No. Oh, have you been to New York? No. Well, I like I like New York. I've been there. It's it's fantastic. Would not want to live in that big of a city. Absolutely not. But you get to just that your job is just to kill rats. Cool. It's pretty easy. You would think until you can't do it, and then you get fired. I guess you also don't have that much badassery. I, you're right. I do not have that on my resume. I do not have a general aura of badassery. Work on that soft skill. <laughs> that is a soft skill. <laughs> entertainment news. Yeah. So normally we actually don't have a lot of entertainment unless it's really sad. This one, not so much sad, just whatever. So apparently the anchors from GMA3 named TJ Holmes and Amy Robosh, which is just like the third hour that they have on, apparently are suspended from GMA for following affair rumors between the two of them. Were they rumors or were they actually confirmed? They're still rumors. Okay. The issue though is, and this is where I have an issue with it, is that they didn't break any policy guidelines. But the reason they're being let go is because of all the backlash that they're, that ABC has been receiving because of this, because apparently both of them are still married but just not living with their spouses. Yeah, I read that too, that they're separated from their spouses. So, first and foremost, let people live their own fucking life and stay the fuck out of it. They can do whatever they want. They're adults. But it's a high-profile media company. I get it. I I understand the concept. faces of an hour of a TV segment. I completely understand why they were let go from ABC's perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can understand why people would be upset about it. But mind your own fucking business. It's not your fucking life. It doesn't really change them. They're still doing whatever they're doing. They're just relaying the news. It, it doesn't change anything whatsoever besides maybe how you view them. Yeah. They're still just giving you the same shit. Let them do what they want. Let them do what they want. And apparently from the article that we read, it does not violate any type of company policy. Right, which is what I said. Yeah, so. And so that's annoying. Which isn't that kind of weird that you're, the, uh, a media company as like ABC News does not have anything specifying like, hey, you should not have any type of affairs with your co-host. I see that in different jobs all the time, and I think it's complete crap. Because as long as it's not hindering any of your work, shouldn't be a problem. Could it get messy? Yes. Yeah, but I, think again, that, I think that's more or less what they're trying to protect themselves from. Be adults. Weird fucking concept. Yeah, but they know that people are human, and depending on how a relationship that could end, it would put the network at a precarious position. Yeah, so... I just, the whole idea of it seems really stupid to me because just let people do whatever the fuck they want. So just stay out of people's relationships. But yeah, so apparently they're suspended. So cool. Yeah, I can agree with you. Bad movie plot guesses. So I have three. I don't know any of them. I I may have messed, like fucked with you a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know if you've seen two of these three. Okay. I would have hoped that you've at least seen one of these, but we'll we'll f- find out. First one, there's a, there's a theme to it. 
I would imagine. And there's kind of like a sub theme to it also. Oh, okay. So arrogant lawyer returns to his hometown to defend his dad, who's the local judge being accused of murdering a former defendant. Ooh. I feel like I've actually seen this one, or at least I know about it. It's a good one. At first, I thought it was Adam Sandler, because in Big Daddy, he talks about, like, he is with his dad at some point. He was a former lawyer. Yeah. But then, yeah. Honestly, I have no idea. It's called The Judge. Uh -uh. Have you ever seen it? Uh Uh-uh. It's with Robert Downey Jr., and I'm fucking up his, uh, his name. Very well-known actor. He was in The Godfather. Marlon Brando. Nope. Marlon Brando's been dead for a long time. This one came out in 2014, I think. He uh, won, or he was nominated for... Robert uh, Duvall. Robert Duvall, yeah. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year, and I think he won it, actually, the year... So, yes, The Judge. I would recommend watching that one. So okay. you have homework, Bicentennial Man and The Judge. Got it. All right. Arrogant journalist writes story on genius savant Juilliard dropout suffering from schizophrenia and homelessness. You're killing me. Yeah. This one is also a good one that if you haven't seen it, it's homework. I'm blanking. The Soloist. Ah. Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Jamie Foxx. You're coming at me because I had an issue with one of your favorite actors earlier, and you're like, well, what about Robert Downey Jr.? He plays all the same characters. So are you getting the subplot? Arrogant Robert Downey Jr. Arrogant. So you caught on. He was an (laughs) arrogant lawyer, arrogant journalist. Okay. This last one, which is, I think, the movie that you have seen. Corrupt. Arrogant U.S. Marshal agent trying to frame an innocent man for the crimes that he committed. It's literally called U.S. Marshals. Yes, it is. U.S. Marshals. So you did get that one. Good. <laughs> I've seen that one. I love that one. I told you. I, I figured you had seen that one. The other two I wasn't sure of. But yeah, he definitely plays the same character, <laughs> which is fine. He's good at playing that character. That's just who he is. And I don't take that away from him. But watch The Judge and The Soloist. I watched Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I liked it. It's really good. Definitely not my niche on movies. Yeah, I can get it. Wes Anderson is very uh I didn't hate strange. it. I didn't hate it by any means. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was really good. I thought I can completely understand why people love it. I can super artsy. The yes. color profile is amazing. The shots that he has are to me just... the attention to detail on just like how they move is really impressive and how they talk is really impressive. That's his movies in a like, yes. nutshell. So I can completely understand why a lot of people love it. And I thought it was done beautifully. Just not my favorite, but it was really good. I liked it a lot. It is for sure one of my favorite movies. Yeah. It's awesome. It's your second. I love it. One of my friends, mm-hmm. Josh Ferris. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you listening every week. <laughs> because I talked about the menu, yeah. he went out and watched it. He also really liked it. Oh, good. Have you gotten to see the menu yet? I have not seen the menu Go yet. Go see it. Okay. I will see that, and you have to see those three movies. 
I tried to find the Bicentennial Man, and it's not on any of my streaming services. Okay. You can't just stream it on your TV through a janky website like I do for movies? Absolutely not. Oh, why not? I do it all the time. Okay, cool. I'm still not going to do that. I can give you the name of the website, and you can do it I'm there. I'm good. <laughs> I used to do Coke and Popcorn when I was trying to catch up on the newest episodes. Dude, Coke of- and Popcorn was the shit. Breaking Bad, yeah, that's what I did all the time. I did it for uh, The Walking Dead. I tried so hard to give that show a good go, and I just I could not do it. I got into it bef- after it was popular in high school, and then once it was put on Netflix, I stopped watching it on Coke and Popcorn. But yeah, Coke and Popcorn was a shit. All right, social events. Yeah, I'm trying to get back to it. There we go. I have them up right here. Yeah, I just didn't want to lean that far in. <clears throat> I know. So, coming up this weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, we have Night of the Luminaria in Galena, Illinois, just on December 10th, so this Saturday. You have more than 5,000 candlelit Luminaria line the streets of this historic town, and 30 windows become animated. As in? I don't know. Oh. I don't think it's going to be like you're living an animation movie like Mary Poppins or anything, but it's probably going to be like lights that move and change and stuff. All right. I don't fucking know. Go ask the city of Galena. Well, uh, edibles are legal in Illinois. Oh, that'd be true. And they have dispensaries there. So if you want to eat a couple edibles and watch the light show, that'll be a good time. It sounds like fun time. Yeah. Next, we also have Home for the Holidays in Eagle, Wisconsin from December 10th to the 11th at this fun event. At Old World, Wisconsin, a complex of pioneer homesteads next to Kettle Moraine State Forest west of Milwaukee. Holy shit. (laughs) You'll meet Father Christmas and possibly Krampus. You will sip wassail. What? Krampus. Whatever. You will sip (laughs) wassail, listen to brass carols, and take a horse-drawn wagon ride. I didn't know what wassail was, so I, I Googled it. Wassail is a beverage made from hot mold cider, ale, or wine and spices drunk traditionally as an integral part of the wassailing in ancient English Yuletide drinking ritual and salutation either involved in door-to-door charity giving or used to ensure a good harvest the following year. I learned that from Wikipedia. Man, them pagans knew how to party. Sure. Well, it says old English, so I'd have, I'd, ancient English, so I'd have figured, yeah, pagans. Well, I understand where you're going with that, but like... yeah. I don't think they actually knew how to party. (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, we have Burlington Ice Festival in Burlington, Wisconsin from December 10th to the 11th. Ice carvers compete in Wemhoff Square Park in the Wisconsin Ice Carving Competition with the sculptures lit at dusk. There will also be a Kris Kringle market, choral music, reindeer, and horse-drawn carriage or wagon rides. You see choral music? Choir, choral, same fucking thing. Well, one has an L. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I know. It's the pot calling the kettle black here <clears throat> for, pronouncing, the same thing. for pronouncing things wrong. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying. Got to have my victories, too. <laughs> okay. Understood. <laughs> Those sound pretty fun. Yeah. Unpopular opinions. Go first, my friend. Okay. What do you think of mine? I love it. You love it? I love it. Okay. I think eggnog is goaded. I agree, but I will add a caveat to this. It is only... Anderson and Erickson. That is good. Okay. I would agree that the best eggnog that I get, which I have some in my refrigerator now, I bought some this weekend because it was, I only buy it in December. I don't get it when uh-huh. it's November because I want to stay true to the month. But 
yes, Anderson and Erickson is the best that I've had, though I have drank others and they're not horrible. I would still drink them even if someone were to gift it to me and they didn't know what my favorite brand was. But yes, Anderson Erickson eggnog is fucking awesome. That's the only one I drink. It's thick. It's so good. It's sweet. My girlfriend says she hates it because it tastes like drinking icing, which is a perfect phenomenal. Which is a perfect explanation because it kind of is. It's a great dessert. And it's so fucking good. I don't know if you'll like this or not. In college, when I was just alone playing video games on winter break because I didn't go home because I lived in fucking town and I would stay home for winter break or in my dorm, I uh, would mix eggnog and honey nut Cheerios together instead of milk. And it's obviously a little bit thicker and it's super, super sweet, but it's really good. I can see that being good. So I recommend... I won't try it, but... <laughs> I recommend anybody out there who does like eggnog to at least do it in small portion, maybe not like yeah. the big bowls that I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but eggnog is fucking delicious. Dude, and if I, you don't like eggnog, I'm going to go with my same take on like if you don't drink just black coffee, fuck you. Dude, I love eggnog. But like I said, I only drink A&E. Uh, I don't mix it with really anything. You just drink it straight. It's still good. I don't mix it with anything either. Honestly, I have mixed it with brandy. Yeah. And it's okay. The first time I actually ever had it mixed with something was, I think I had, I think it was Captain uh, mixed with it. So, some rum. Mm-hmm. It was good, but I was so used to the thickness that I, since it watered it down, I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. So yeah. I just normally just drink it straight. But I do too. Whew. I love eggnog. I am the only one in this household, and I think one of the very few in my family, besides my aunt on my mom's side, that likes eggnog. We're going to get eggnog wasted. Yes. <clears throat> All right, yours? Really controversial, just depending on where you sit on the spectrum on this. Yeah, I would agree and somewhat disagree, but yeah, explain. So for me personally... You can't have more than $1 billion in net worth. And if you do, you must give it back to your community. I was up in the air between who you give it back to. Because I was like, well, you can give it back to the government. Well, the government doesn't really utilize my money well. Yeah. And I was like, well, you can give it to your local government. Depending on where you are, most billionaires live in like New York, L.A., Florida. They also don't really know how to utilize it very well. Yeah. And then it's just like, but it's my money. I should be able to say where it goes to. But then you can also get corruption there because then you're giving your friends handouts and all that stuff. So one way or the other, you're getting corruption. But you should still give it back to me in your community because there you go. Okay. But yeah, you don't. You, so, you will survive easily on $1 billion. You don't need anything more than that. Okay. Um, we should ask Colin and Josh what they think about this. I would assume that they'd probably have a different philosophy i mean yeah i can see the excess of wealth of like billions and billions of dollars why the hell would one person need that honestly i mean you have people like bill gates uh elon musk jeff bezos who make millions of dollars a day potential they make billions of dollars a day not a well yes Yes, they do. For Jeff Bezos, he's worth over it. Well, maybe since the divorce, I don't know if he's worth a trillion. He's still more. trillions. Is he? Yes. So, yeah, I guess so. But forcing them to give it to a community, I don't know if I agree with that. I do think that they should obviously pay their fair share in taxes, which then goes to city, local, 
uh, state and federal governments, but I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky one. Do I agree morally that billionaires should exist? No, because obviously they have to build that upon some type of corrupt system that's benefiting them more so than the people working harder than them to give them that wealth. Yep. Uh, forcing them. I don't know. That's a tough one. I know. That's that's where I had an issue, but you shouldn't have more than a billion dollars in net worth. I mean, we say that as people who will never see a billion dollars in our life. Which is my point. Yeah. I'm biased, which is why I might be unpopular. <laughs> I don't ever get to see it. You don't either. Yeah, staying true. I get it. I get it. All right, wrapping up this episode with this day in history for December 5th, starting with the most recent and going back the furthest in time. I have a lot of dates on this one because I could not make up my mind. Starting with 1974, the final episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus airs on BBC TV, which I believe the collection is still available on Netflix. So if anyone has not seen any of the old Mighty Python episodes or sketches before they made their movies, please do so. Uh, 1933, Prohibition ends in the U.S. with the 21st Amendment to the U.S. Constitution after it's ratified, uh, repealing the 18th Amendment, which gave Prohibition initially. 1848, U.S. President James K. Polk triggers gold rush of 1849 by confirming that gold dis- is discovered in California. So sorry to all of the Mexicans who were living there before and the natives that were living there before. James K. Polk is the one that fucked you. 1792, George Washington is reelected as U.S. president. It would be our first reelected president, obviously, and set the president for precedent for a two-term president. 1492, again, sorry, natives. Christopher Columbus discovers Hispaniola, which would be kind of present day, uh, not Puerto Rico, but like um, uh, Haiti and what's the other side of that island? It's Haiti and another Dominican Republic that are split up. So sorry, natives, the Tianos people. Christopher Columbus did it, not me. And 771, Charlemagne becomes the sole king of the Franks after the death of his brother, uh, Carloman. So he unites the all the Frank tribes into one. Did you know that? Yay. Crazy dictators. Uh, famous birthdays today. We have Frankie Muniz, the actor. We have Margaret Chow, the comedian and actress. LeGarrette Blount, the Blunt. Blunt, the former NFL running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. New England Patriots, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he also played for the Eagles. But he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Can't forget it. Okay. And then uh, Paula Patton, the actress, which I don't know if you've seen her in anything or not. She's becoming a little bit more popular. Um, I'm trying to remember. She was in one of the newest... Uh, Mission Impossible movies. Uh, let's see if I can pull up a picture here for you. So this is her. You've you've had to have seen her uh, in some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, she was in Deja Vu. She was in Two Guns, Mission Impossible, uh, Ghost Protocol, The Do Over with Adam Sandler. Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> As an actress. All right. 
that wraps up this week's episode of the detention podcast. Thank you everyone for listening and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod one or send us an email at detentionpodcast one at gmail.com. You can listen to the detention podcast on anchor, Spotify and Apple podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week. Thank you.